Thanks for tuning in to Culture Car ATX. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr., here with Donald Scott II. Our goal at Culture Crawl ATX is to change the world one conversation at a time. We hope you enjoy this episode. The war is causing a disaster and a humanitarian crisis. War is an economy. As opposed to water and infrastructure being a government service. And then as opposed to like a hurricane being, you know, depending on how you feel about climate change. Cause that's that's like a whole um people still be debating that so i don't i don't know how i feel about climate change or climate shift or climate warming or whatever i don't know but what i do know is that costa rica has a rainy season and it's really only supposed to be rainy from it's supposed to be its heaviest rain in october september and october and then it dries up in november but we had Tons of flooding and storms all throughout since uh, like May, June, July, and August. July and August has been flooding. My yard's been flooding. The rain's been coming all hard. People have been losing their stuff. Um, and so I think that there's just, you know, when, when they talk about adding numbers to how we're going to fix this, it's like, oh, it's a billion dollar disaster. A lot of it has to do with um, with the loss that people suffer. But anyway, what I was going to say about the war, though, is the war has a budget, right? And I saw, and I'll, I'll be quiet after this, but I saw a tweet or an Instagram, something that was shared with me that said, U.S. sends $3 billion for infrastructure upgrades to Jackson, Mississippi and Flint, Michigan. And then at the bottom, it says, psych, just kidding. That's going to Ukraine. And I think that's how people feel, right? Like you can invest in war because war has a return on its investment, but you're not necessarily getting ready to invest in infrastructure because that does not have a return on investment uh, because human resources, I don't, I don't think anybody, anybody really is trying to invest in people. And I, I think that's the issue. Definitely agree that uh, war overall has a return on investment. And we pick and choose the type of people that we support. Uh, you mentioned, you know, U.S. based. So, you know, you mentioned the domestic side, us investing in our own backyards and making sure that they are self-sustaining, profitable, able to support itself. Uh, but instead of us doing that, we look at foreign affairs and then we decide, well, where we're going to spend our time. Right? So look at what's going on in Ukraine, look what's going on in, in, in East Africa and look at the Caribbean and how it was impacted by Hurricane Ian. Um, when just five years ago, I believe it was Hurricane Maria that went through the Caribbean as well. And they still haven't recovered from that. Um, so. As we look across the board, whether it's a natural disaster or any type of connection to a utility, um, that's where relying on the government that's not really supporting you um, is very difficult to, to survive and thrive in those areas. And I always just think about comparison to what's going on in those not so developed areas or not heavily populated by, uh, by white individuals. What does that do for that economy? What does that do for the support that they receive 
when you just look at Ukraine receiving $16.9 billion. And I believe, you know, Flint, Michigan and Jackson, Mississippi is still waiting for the support. And, and it's been it, it's been a while, right? It's been a while since they still don't got what they need. Um, I would even add, when we talk about lead in the water, so we were just in D.C. I remember a couple years ago, people were talking about lead in water. The primary focus was Flint because they had been talking about lead in the in the school's water fountains, right? And so then now it's like, and, and then they were also talking about um, birth defects or maybe the birth weights of the children born in Flint being lower because of the lead in the water. But they also were saying that there was lead in the water in D.C., um, which you would think wouldn't. I mean, in your nation's capital, there shouldn't be lead in the water, just in general, I think. Uh, but I saw a sign at the bus stop that said, you know, D.C. lead free by 2030. <laughs> which is hilarious because it can't be that difficult to do if it really was something that people were upset about, which means someone out there is okay with the consumption of lead, but you can come up with billions of dollars to support some international war, which I understand has global repercussions, but so too should, you know, poisoning your, um, poisoning your citizens. I would just say, just think about how many people drink bottled water versus tap water. All right. But Delisha, I'm curious, though, from your perspective up in Chicago, uh, well, what, what are your thoughts? Listen, uh, the town of Dixmore, uh, just two weeks ago here outside of Chicago, um, is having the same crisis. So it's Robbins, Dixmore, all those towns right outside of Chicago, very uh, low po impoverished communities, um, are having these water crises in the homes even, the landlords aren't paying the water bills, they're $100,000 in the hole on their uh, buildings that they own, but then the water is bad anyway. So not only are we not getting bad running water, we're not even getting any at all. So, and again, where the, where's the money going for this infrastructure? It's not in Rosen, Dixmore, Posen, but it is up on, in Belmont, Cragen, up in Jefferson Park, up on the north side, where all the money is, where all the influence is. So all of that is homegrown anyway. It's just spread international now. So, so what I'm hearing from this is that Number one, overall, there's a there's definitely an environmental change that comes onto like any natural disaster, right? Whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a tsunami, whether it's an earthquake, whether it's a fire in California, we, we've seen it increase. I'll at least say um, maybe the either the, maybe the media's you know um, focusing a lot more, but I definitely see an increase in natural disasters just across the board. Um, and that's my own real personal opinion on it. I have not done any studies on that. I can concur with that only from my, even from my working in, in the emergency field that I work in, as far as we we get a uh, notification of these responses that are going out nationwide, we would get them. It's never been like this. Never. You know, we, we're rolling news 24-7 at, at my job for the last 30 years, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We got the news rolling. 
it's ridiculous now. Like I say, is it because the media we're real time one hundred? Everybody's on all the time, engaged, or has it really been an increase? It really has been an. I think it's both, but it's definitely been an increase. And then it brings up the the question that Donald was kind of talking about: Is this a uh, a man made you know, natural disaster, or we are the ones that are imposing these crises in different areas and affecting our climate? To the point that now we're seeing this change where here in Austin, Texas, where they said it didn't snow. And I've been here now six years and it snowed 50 percent of the time. So I don't understand how it goes from never snowing in Austin to now every winter we're, we're starting to see snow. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in central Texas where people didn't think that was going to happen. Absolutely. I agree with that. Even um, people flock in the 80s and 90s when people were moving to Atlanta, Georgia, because they were ditching their coats and boots. And over time, every year, it got it got colder and colder, and it got more snow and more snow. And that has definitely been a progression. Nah. Oh, go ahead, Donald. Man-made? Hmm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Just like the gun crisis, it's man-made. Yes, it is. I know that they have science that says if we continue to do these things, then um, our climate will continue to change. Yes. But also, the climate has always been changing, which is but why I can we, we, see... We've put you know, the uh, our foot on the gas for the right. change uh, because of our behavior. So I don't see it changing no behavior is going to change because we continue to increase our consumption. <laughs> um, and so now it's having like, it makes me think about what purchases I make from a property perspective. Because although, um, you know, Costa Rica is paradise and it's awesome. I don't know that a beachfront property will be beachfront in 10 years, mm. right? If if we continue to have, at least here, if the sea levels rise. But if you think about people in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, for example, and only focusing on Puerto Rico because they just got hit by a hurricane, but also because it's the U.S. territory in, it's the, you know, the U.S. territory that people think about in the Caribbean. Uh, people were investing there, mm -hmm. but I don't think, that you can wisely choose a long-term investment on that island unless you assume that you'll be constantly rebuilding. Uh, and so I think somewhere in here is, you know, if, if we're trying to look out into the future and say, these are decisions I'm making for, for example, generational wealth, uh, the climate and the disasters are having a material impact mm -hmm. on the future right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens later. So the, the I, I've been following a couple of conversations around the flooding in Hako and the mm -hmm. mayor, the mayor has said that the flooding is due to people building without caring about 
putting in the proper infrastructure. I heard him makes say sense, that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, mm-hmm. and we're a small country, you know, it, actually we have landslides, actually, <laughs> actually we have landslides down here and they've closed two major roadways and said that they might be closed for three months. Uh, and the statement was that Costa Rica doesn't have the money to invest in that infrastructure right now. So like, what you going to do? And, and they can say that and people are like, okay, you know, Costa Rica is a developing nation or it's a third world country. But if the U.S. also is having water problems and power and electricity are being rolled and, uh, you know, there are there are experiences where I'm like, oh, it's flooding here or actually it's flooding in Florida. Right. So my buddy was like, um, he can't get down the street. And I was like, oh, you sound like you in Hako. That means that infrastructure is not just about the wealth of your nation. It's a function of decisions being made. And if those decisions continue to be made, along with the constant consumption and the shift in the environment, then there won't be any change and it's just going to get worse. Uh, and so I don't know if people like care or if we have to live somewhere specific or or what is supposed to be happening. Uh, but I want to know if that baby going to get on the mic, though. She don't have nothing to say right now. As I, as I think, though, just about, you know, migration, right, and, and social patterns and people moving from one location to another. Uh, you can look at people moving for jobs or people moving for opportunity. But now it's people moving for climate, right? They're saying, hey. Where where can I go where I'm not in the path of a hurricane, right? So, you know, I, I, I pray for those that are that have experienced Hurricane Ian. I got family in Florida. I know that the Caribbean was impacted. Um, and we're seeing that those areas always have some type of disaster be impacted just because of where they're located. Um, you look at the West Coast in the U.S. and in California, they have those fires. And now it's pushing closer and closer into um, Nevada area. And what are people doing? Leaving from the West Coast and coming to the central part of the U.S. A lot of people coming to Texas. Even some people moving to like northern Florida area uh, because of those changes and looking to address or overcome some of the climate that challenges that they're seeing in those areas. And it's going to come back. It's going to come down to just opportunity and those that have the, the privilege to benefit from those opportunities. Right. Because it's not easy for everyone just pick up, you know, where they are, pick up their family and say, okay, now I'm going to go to this area because I'm thinking, you know, five years, 10 years, maybe even 30 years down the line about what I believe climate change is going to do because it's definitely showing a shift, right? I mean, we see, you know, like plates move, right? You know, like earthquakes happen, hurricanes are real. I remember seeing the, the impact that they can have on areas. And then if we don't have a, a government or a place that truly looks at reinvesting in infrastructure for everyone is going to come down to survival of the fittest, right? And people um, taking property or sieging property, um, if we if we get to that point where climate change is so bad, where X percent of the U.S. is not, um, is unlivable, right? And like, what does that really mean for our society if we really got to that point? It means space colonization tomorrow. And the moon. Yeah, y'all seen that movie 100 or the TV show 100 on Netflix? Uh, it, was, it was probably 
probably before Netflix, but it was on Netflix uh, when they were showing it. Y'all know what that is? 100? Mm -mm. I haven't I seen it. So the 100 is pretty much about humans messing up the earth. And I do believe that a, uh, it was a nuclear war that caused the radiation across the entire earth. And then people were forced to do three main things. You either went to space, you dug underground, um, or you went into the mountains. And that's the only way that you were able to bunker down and survive civilization. But then a hundred years later, you got now these three different types of human species, quote unquote, that have adapted to their new environment, right? So those that were in space got like space radiation and they were a little bit stronger, but those that were down on earth had to adapt in order to still survive. And that's what we're seeing now with famine in East Africa, with the hurricanes up in the East Coast and the Caribbean, um, just really impacting the way of life in those areas. Yeah, going back to that comment about like not snowing in Texas. So when we got to Texas in 2014, I remember that there was snow on the ground, but it was like an inch of snow and it melted that next day and then it was 80. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I was looking for. But now they have snowstorms. Like, so we, when that snowstorm happened in 2021, we were just getting ready to leave. Uh, Cause I was like, I didn't, I'm not going back to Chicago cause it's snowing. And if I can't, be in texas <laughs> then okay it's time to lead a country um but then you know when, when we were here during february i was actually back in texas and again it was still cold snowy and rainy and then now it's been plus 100 so and and people always knew that like sometimes you could have 90 days of of 100 degrees or more but it's the extremes that are causing the biggest challenges, I think, on the systems and the infrastructure, right? So it's like, even here, at least in, in Costa Rica, people know that there's rainy season and there's dry season. Uh, and those are the only two seasons. It's just always casually warm. The US, people talk about winter, spring, summer, fall, and how nice it's supposed to be. But even just thinking about Chicago, I was just up there and it was, on the day of fall, the temperature dropped, right? And now I don't know what the temps are right now, but it's getting ready to go straight into winter or straight into rain. There's no real time anymore to just appreciate Chicago weather. It's still an awesome city. Whenever I go back, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the place to be. But you can only be there for a little bit. If you live there, you like living in the shit. You know what I mean? And, and that's the same way I feel about Costa Rica, where people are like, oh, it's paradise down there. But if you come down and you stay, then it's like, oh, okay, the roads be flooded. Uh, it's hot. I can't be, I can't really be at the beach all day because it's hot. Uh, and then it starts raining early in the evening. It gets dark early. So there, there are things you could complain about. But if the temperature, if the weather stayed what it was supposed to be then your experience will be different so our, our our experiences are continuing to change but like slightly and gradually and like you said people are changing their behaviors and so ultimately there's going to be some like our behaviors keep changing and so if we keep changing our behavior instead of changing we're changing our behavior to adjust to the changes happening to us 
instead of changing our behavior to stop the reason for the change. Change. Yes. Right. Like even uh, this concept around these electric vehicles. So they've been selling us this idea that um, the electric vehicle will be good for the earth, mm-hmm. but it's actually not. Right. They still will have to mine and they will be mining for new things in Central American countries. I, I read, oh no, this new president of um, Colombia just said actually, and I didn't know this. I knew that they were they were deforesting. So I was thinking that it was like chopping down trees and burning the trees. But he also said that they're spraying glossfate in the Amazon to actually kill the trees. The trees that they're killing in the Amazon are actually coca trees because they're concerned about cocaine, right? And so he was saying that the war on drugs, as we spray glossfate in the Amazon, is actually killing the earth. And why are we doing that? Because we've lost the war on drugs, which means it's not about drugs because people are going to find a way to do whatever they want to do. This is about like resource extraction and destroying the earth. Literally, people are like choosing to destroy the earth instead of choosing to not destroy the earth. Um, and I think that that's something that people aren't fully appreciating as we like fly around and think about sonic boom jets and how many Teslas can we have and and how much consumption can we do and the globalization of shipping and and all these things. Uh, All of that leads to our behavior, which continues to destroy. Um, So we'll see. Yeah, I, uh, oh man. It just it goes back to the root uh, of climate change because people aren't making those adjustments, and we see it, you know, across the across the board, where we're looking, we as a society is looking for ways to generate as much money as possible while we're here on this earth, right? And sometimes, you know, we're thinking about our uh, our generation. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're just we're just thinking about ourselves and what we want to do, especially when those that have more resources, more wealth are able to do a lot more or get away with a lot more than those who are so focused on their bills, right? So focused on the day-to-day um, or just, or so disengaged because of how much society has hurt them in any way, shape or form. Um, so it, um, it is sad and disheartening when you see the, the toll that our, our earth has gone through, right? I remember when I was going back to like middle school, just learning about earth space science and how the, the whole earth was, was created with several layers to protect us, right? And the sun does what it does to give us life. But then if we don't take care of the earth, the sun can come back and take all that life. Um, and now here it is, we're seeing it where in Texas, I think here in Austin, we had, I think it was like 45 days straight of 100 degree plus weather. Um, and now people are saying, oh man, it's too high. You know, in Texas, now I want to go, you know, now people are moving, actually, it's interesting, now people are moving back from Texas up to the northern areas because they do want now a little bit of cold because of how hot it's getting, um, given our lack of willingness to make the changes and do what's necessary for the earth, right? I mean, we I, at one point in time, it was like, oh, we only have one planet. Uh, but now I guess people really are thinking, oh, well, if anything happens to earth, you know, we can just leave and go elsewhere. So I want to say, I want to go back to the point about are we really um are we really working toward 
uh, eliminating or slowing down climate change? Or are we marketing the fact that we want climate change and we're really not doing nothing about it? And let's start with recycling, okay? I don't know how... I don't know how old you guys are, but there was a time that we could collect these pop bottles and we could go and turn in those. That a case was eight pop bottles, glass bottles, and we could turn those in. You can get eighty cents back, right? Get the pies, okay? We were, we was all over recycling then. You was definitely taking those bottles back, especially if your mom let you have that change, right? You could, you could get all the bottles and take them back. Okay, fine. So now here in Chicago is this big campaign about recycling. They rolled out these blue cards, had a big to-do about it, big marketing campaign. Uh, uh, the city uh, uh, city agencies was going paperless. You know, we're recycling all this paper. Everybody got these blue cards. Listen, there's no recycling going on. The neighborhoods that have the recycling cards, they're not re all the garbage is going over in the same garbage. Nobody's recycling in their homes. You go to people's houses, you recycle now, nah, throw all that over in the garbage. You are supposed to be recycling, but we're not. But we like to have these campaigns and people get these contracts to go and recycle and all this. It's all involved in some money, but nothing is really getting done. Nothing is getting done. But we like to campaign about a lot of stuff. We like to talk and meet about a lot of stuff. We like to paper shuffle about a lot of stuff. And, uh, and But we don't get nothing done because we can't come to agreement. When nothing gets done, well, everybody wants to talk and meet about it. And the committees and the subcommittees, and we're going to defer this, and we're going to table that. Nothing is getting done. Nothing is being done. If you start finding these households that weren't recycling, I bet you they start recycling. You start, you can't, you can't say you want to lose weight if you don't work out and eat right. That's my always mind, because I'd always say that. But it's true. I think we're at a point where it's like, we can no longer rely on our government to do certain things. No. And one of them is like to solve this climate issue. Um, I think it's really going to require some grassroots efforts um, in communities for things to get happen to happen. But as we've been discussing, um, especially earlier when we were talking about how our country decides to spend money and where we put our money, um, climate change and recycling and all of that is not a part is not a priority so it's going to take individual communities i think to really get the ball rolling on making a difference if we wait on our government for that to happen we're going to be on mars first of all desiree we got to stop people from throwing their trash out the car onto the street so that it can end up in a recycling bin let's start there Let's start with treating, talking about the earth, like our home, like our actual homes that we live in. It irks my nerve to the core, Delisha, when I see people litter. It's like, why are you littering? Like, do you just throw stuff on the floor in your in your home? And even like me and Michael had an issue with like the trash pickup people. They would come and pick up trash and there'd be trash all over the place in the neighborhood on trash day. So I had to call city, I had to call the city and be like, look, talk to the trash people because they're leaving trash all over the place. And my neighborhood is is trash. It looked trashy, trash like literally. <laughs> so, uh, and this is where I bring up this community, right? 
is that where we don't value or see, you know, our brothers, our sisters, our, our neighbors, our colleagues, literally everybody in the earth as true community. Uh, because if we did, we would appreciate and value and want to take care of our earth, right? You know, we would want to help people who are being impacted by natural disaster, regardless of what that natural disaster is and regardless of the location. Uh, but we don't see people like that, right? We're not, we're not showing this amount of love or grace or support for people that are going through any type of negative situation. Uh, we just say, oh, well, if it's not me, out of sight, out of mind. If, if it's my family, maybe I help, right? Maybe I don't. It depends on your household, depends on your family, because not everyone's all, you know, up in arms to help out their, even their own family members. Um, and we're just seeing that, and now it's impacting where we live. Sometimes it impacts um, where what the work that you do. Sometimes it impacts yourself, and people have their own um, personal challenges they go through because they don't have this sense of community and really caring about somebody. Um, and one of the expressions I always use is that when a house is on fire, you go and put the fire out, right? We don't stop and ask all these 51 million questions about the fire before we go put it out, right? Because we know that a fire could spread. And then if we don't put the fire out now, well, then, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours later, now the fire is at your front door because you didn't do what you needed to do to begin with. But if we still had that mindset, oh, let's go put this fire out as soon as possible, because yes, it'll, it may affect me, but it's affecting someone right now. Right. And let's go ahead and do those changes that we need to make so that we can be more proactive and prevent these future you know, challenges and future problems. Um, and, and now I really want to go and look up, you know, how many uh, hurricanes were there in, in 1985, right, versus how many hurricanes there were in 2022. OK, what about all the fires in California? How many fires were there back in 1990 versus 2022? And really just show that comparison between what is truly happening because of our lack of willingness to change our behavior for the greater good or the greater society for Earth. I think we have to start holding each other accountable. Like, like when you see somebody, let it be like, "Hey, like, dude, this is a trash can down the down the street." Um, but yeah, like just holding people accountable for for the things that they do. I know this one time. This and you can start with family. Family may be a little easier than than um strangers. But like I went to my grandmother's house for for the holidays, and I noticed my my grandmother she was using water bottles because her water, she has well water and it's hey. trash. Um, and I was like, well, grandma, instead of getting bottled water, because I saw how many she was going through in like one day, it's like, have you ever tried getting gallons of water instead of bottles of water? She was like, huh. I'm going to start doing that just to like, I was encouraging her to think about how much um, waste she was creating by using water bottles versus jugs of water. So just speaking up and like enlightening older generations to how the things that they do, how it's impacting the world around them. Yeah. What and you, don't that. Know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you don't know, you don't know. Um, so, yeah, can you take your lunch in a container versus a zip, a plastic bag that's creating trash versus you can bring those bowls back home and wash them? Just little stuff that you can do if you want to start with your community. Start with 
what you're going to give for a holiday gift or a birthday gift. Maybe I, instead of giving them a $30 gift card to Starbucks, I'm going to get them a $30 set that they can take their lunch to work in and not have uh, some waste. So even just small things that we can do within. Uh, uh, so here in Chicago, they've banned uh, uh, plastic straws, right? And so now when you go out, you have to ask for a straw. And when you do get a straw, it's a paper straw. So here I go. I don't like no paper straw. But I have my own personal utensil set that I carry with me everywhere I go. So I always have my stainless steel straws and my own uh, chopsticks and all that. I got my own stuff. I carry my own artilleries with me because I don't want y'all paper stuff. But... You can do your own. We can all do a little bit to help. A little bit. Mm -hmm. We can do yeah. a little bit to help a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to go back on that accountability piece. And that that's where it really hits home. Uh, so what I'm hearing from you, Desiree, is that we should be holding our government accountable to not send money foreign, you know, across the seas. But say, time out. Let's fix our backyard first, right? Let's make sure that we are stopping the hurricanes from impacting us here, the forest fires, making sure that water is actually drinkable from the East Coast to the West Coast, North and South, uh, making sure all of that's good. Once we do that, then we can look at, at any support elsewhere because there is, I'm going to say that there is disasters, not just natural disasters, but there are disasters happening in every zip code, right? Like, like there is so much that goes on in the world. Uh, but it's all about starting from a, a sense of, of, I'm gonna say starting in your home, right? Taking care of your home first and then going out and doing other things. Because if we all take care of our home, well, then I could see that having a positive effect across the board. I like what J. Cole said in one of his songs. He said, if I'm paying taxes, let me fill out a form to let you know where I want my money to go and where I want and what I want to support. And I would, I agree with that 100%. I feel like as citizens who are taxpaying and who live in this country, we should have more of a say in how our taxes, how, how money is used and where it's sent. I agree. We have an episode on taxes from previous culture crawl experience. So I suggest or encourage everybody to go look for our taxes discussion because that too was a good one and it brought it brought up that conversation of if we're do, well actually that one brought up the conversation of do they really need to tax us anyway um if you have loopholes where the majority of the people with all the money aren't necessarily paying but then i'm paying 30 percent of my money but i'm still hungry then did you really need my money or are you just keeping me hungry but like that's a that's a different conversation. I do like that idea though, just from a from a the idea of carrying your own utensils. Like right now, let's say be, bring your own beer is a thing, right? Byob, and um, and other conversations as such. There probably is an opportunity if somebody wanted to do this to say restaurants will no longer provide plastic utensils. Right. But that's an there's an entire industry around that. So in in Costa Rica, you can't really get plastic utensils as far as I could think. 
and they don't put them in those little plastic baggies either. So you get a metal set of utensils and a paper bag. Um, what if it's we, to go? Huh? What if it's to go? No, then then you take it to go and you're not getting it. Because you're going to eat at home. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. Actually, um, you know what? That you, you make a good question. That's a great question. We don't have fast food like that. Oh. So you're not really getting anything to go. There is a KFC and a there is a KFC, but I don't go there. Uh, and there's a subway and they don't have utensils. Everywhere else, though, if you get that food to go, you taking it home or it's it's being delivered to you. Uh but yeah, like you don't sit down, you don't what? you don't go to a rest. We don't have fast food where you go to Panda Express and they give you plastic utensils. Okay. Yeah, but I'm but I'm in Hako though. So like we only have restaurants. We don't have fast food here. Uh but we do have the ocean. And the beach spits out all kinds of trash. And I think people who live near the ocean recognize how important it is to keep trash out of the water. Because when that trash comes up on the beach, we can't enjoy the beach. Um, whereas, like, for people who just put trash in a garbage can and then it goes away and you never have to think about it anymore, people have no incentive to change their behavior because we're incentivizing trash use. And actually, I'll say this, too. Just from a packaging perspective, like, things are different, right? I'm in a different culture, different country, but they package everything thing differently as well so that we're not throwing away a bag of garbage every day we take our garbage out with a family of five we probably doing one bag of trash every three days uh but when we was in the states we had bags and bags of trash right we have four or five bags of trash for the trash pickup big old container of recycling because we was constantly buying stuff and throwing stuff away but we don't really have anything to buy, so there's nothing to throw away, um, which then gets into, are you a developing nation? But people don't actually need all the stuff that they get, but then you start getting into like consumer culture and culture in general, and then people be wanting to debate other things. But it all comes back to, if we don't change our behavior and it gets too hot for people to be outside, now we all got to move, but some people don't have to move. It's going to be a hum it's going to be a hu a global humanitarian crisis. But there's already a global humanitarian crisis. Yes. So the question is, will it will just more humans be impacted by the crisis, and then those who are not impacted by the crisis are the same ones we talk about. The two percent who own all the wealth globally. Yeah, right? it will because be this conversation started thing. off saying it was about the money. Back again, back with the wars. It's an economy. This rhetoric about global global change, climate control. It's it's some money in there too, because all the studies and the research, and we get the dollars for this to go and research that and this, that, and the other. It's it's another commerce. Yeah, like I said, if we wanted to solve something, we can solve it, right? Yes. You know, we we are very smart people, right? Yeah. Um, I've been a big believer that said that if, if a problem is not solved, it's because we're not asking the right question to the right person, right? And we're not allowing them to do the things that need to be done. 
because when we want something, oh no, we can we can print money out of thin air and, and find you know sixteen point nine billion dollars to send to Ukraine, uh, but then here in Texas, our school district is so trash, right? Individuals are not able to read past a third grade level. I think the average in Texas was like a third or fifth grade reading level is what the average was for Texas. It's like, come on, y'all. I like this, this is the standard that we're holding ourselves to. Um, and it goes back to those that aren't impacted right now. Well, they can kind of, you know, write it out, right? Like, it's like, I'm okay right now. I'm, I'm all right with seeing this person go through whatever situation they're going through. Because by the time it gets to me, if it does get to me, well, I've then lived a good life, quote unquote, to my standards. So I don't have to worry about this challenge or this difficulty. I could pass it on to someone else until it really gets bad. And then when it really gets bad, then I'll do something about it. But right now, I'm out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. As we had this conversation, I just keep thinking about the, like, how climate change and classism are connected and how as our climate gets worse and worse, the 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 space between the haves and the haves not continues to increase. And I can't tell you how many movies and shows I've seen that really is realism showing how um, as our earth becomes unlivable, people who have who have money are able to live elsewhere or go elsewhere and avoid the issues that are at hand. And so that I, I get, I, I think about that a lot and am very concerned about how we have all these issues, but they don't impact everyone the same way. And because they don't impact everyone the same way, everybody isn't trying to get to the same goal. Um, and I'm not quite sure how to solve that issue other than injecting everybody in the world with some compassion. <laughs> yeah, and sharing stories, right? Sharing stories allow us to go through that compassion because right now, Hurricane Ian, um, I'm not sure, I gotta go back and double check exactly what's going on with Hurricane Ian, but the last time I, I checked and I spoke to my family, is that they're good, they're great, you know, thank God. But then one of my mom's friends, her house got flooded. Uh, she reached out to her coworkers, and they all house got flooded. Uh, my grandmother's neighbor, two blocks up, her house, her roof was turned off for it by a tornado, right? And mind you, my mom's thinking, my mom's like, oh, thank you, I'm happy, I'm good. But in the moment she just asked her friend if she was, if they were okay, it was a completely different situation. Right. And immediately my mom is no longer thinking about herself or my grandmother. Now they're saying, do you need help? Or like, like, what do you need? I'm like, well, can I do something for you? No, I can't come. I can drive there because we're fine. We have everything that we have on our side. But if we're not breaking down these barriers, asking these questions, just kind of checking up on people, then we can stay in our little bubble and be okay with forest fires happening in one area where natural disasters coming through and in another piece and say, well, it's it's not at my at my front door, so I, I can I can let that sit there until it really becomes an issue. And if it does become an issue, well, then I got X amount of dollars in a bank account, or I got X connections I can then deal with it then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, on the topic of empathy and and the hurricane in in Puerto Rico, a friend of mine sent a message that was like, "Yo," basically was like, "Yo, I need to go down and check on my family." 
but I also need to take them some money. Donate what you can. And I sent $100, which is a lot, but it's not. But but what I said was, I'm sending this 100 because now that I live where I live, I know how important anything is to help because people be losing everything. You know what I mean? And And like, everything is hard to imagine. It was hard for me to imagine everything until one of the most recent storms where like the rivers rose and then the water was in people's houses and you see their clothes baskets floating out, loaves of bread floating out the crib. People's washing machines was in the river. You know what I mean? And then, and then the washing machine washed up on the beach. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is a emergency. Um, but everybody woke up the next day like, oh, uh, you know, yes, yeah, flooding, but I still got to get to the grocery store. Meanwhile, the grocery store is closed because of flooding, right? And so it's like, all right, well, people have lost stuff. Who's gonna, and there's no insurance really down here. So once your stuff is gone, it's gone. Uh, and they, it's not like they have savings and money to just be buying new stuff, right? So your whole life has changed. Uh, but I think that's one of the comforts of being in the States is even in an emergency, at least there's FEMA, right? People be like, Oh my God, you know, something, something, something. I got to go stand in this line for water. Well, except then water be running out. And then now you just been in line and you salty. Like that's, that's a big problem. I, I really think I'm a, I'm a stop on this one. I really, really think that diminished access to fresh, clean water in the United States, today right in 2022 today in 2022 shows the decline of the country even if it's a slow decline and people don't really want to talk about it because so many other people are having challenges across the world but as a global empire if you can't get your citizens fresh clean water and we know that more and more communities will be lacking that fresh clean water then the country is actually in a full decline, but I'll I'll leave that one there. Hmm. I, I I agree to an extent, but then I also ask: Is it a true decline, or is it just a facade? Right, painting the picture so that we can harbor resources in a different area. I don't know, because let's say uh, fifty, if fifty cities, if one city per state doesn't have water in two years. Right. Like nothing says that in, in two or three years, Chicago, Illinois won't run out of water and they'll have people in Chicago standing in lines waiting for water. That's crazy because that happens in the middle of nowhere, Mexico. Well, let me you know see I mean? this. So my sister lives about 30 miles outside of Chicago in the south suburbs. It's been at least three years that the village has been giving them cases of water a week because of the water issue. At least three years that they're bottling water for their, for their residents. Why? We all sent, what you say, $16.9 billion to Ukraine. Why are we still bottling water? Yeah, it's like that's like the answer going forward. You got the whole Lake Michigan. You got this multi-million right. dollar water reclamation. They can share water with multiple municipalities. At least a hundred miles outside of Chicago, you can get water. 
So why? What? What's the problem? Mm. So if maybe these pipes access to have water been in the ground for a hundred years. Mm. You've had a hundred years to raise enough money to take care of these hundred-year-old pipes. Even if you started today and then finished for another hundred years, man, now we got to start over again. It's been a hundred years. Still. Why? Basic water. And on that note, we thank you for listening and ask that you click that like button and subscribe to Culture Crawl ATX wherever you listen to your podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and heard something you can take back to your friends and family. Please follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. And remember, you can always find the latest episodes on culturecrawlatx.com.